welcome to Blaze Pod. It's Thursday, the 9th of July. It's uh, a little earlier than we would normally record, but uh, here we go. My name is Ben, of course, and on the line is Andrew. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Very good. Excellent. That's your answer improved as it went along. Yeah, 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 excellent, brilliant, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, obviously, on a on a bit of a high this morning after a uh, a surprise result, I guess not only in terms of um, you know on on paper, I suppose, but obviously the way it came about with a, a dramatic last minute goal from uh, the prolific John Egan scoring two and two. Soldier Leon Clark, he's on a Leon Clark run coming up. <laughs> I had that exact thought <laughs> <laughs> immediately after full time. I was like, Andrew called it. The Leon Clark run is coming up. Um, yeah. The players are obviously talking about United beating Wolves 1-0 last night. Uh, a dramatic game in terrible conditions, beating a team that sits sixth in the league who I feel very comfortable in saying are uh, are one of the six best teams in the Premier League this season. And uh, yeah, we, we beat them 1-0, mate. We now have 51 points. We are just one point behind Wolves, four points behind Man United who have a game in hand. They play... Somebody rubbish tonight, I think, or tomorrow. Uh, Bournemouth. Spurs, Spurs play Bournemouth. I can't remember oh. who it is, but um, man, you've man, you've got a cakewalk for the next four or five games. Oh, I think. Villa. Oh, I was at Villa tonight. Excellent. Yeah, Villa. Yeah. Tune in for that. Anyway, yes, fifty-one points. Um, I know we sort of said like, oh, it'd be a bit disappointed if we finish in the bottom half. That's kind of what I was thinking. We now have seven points ahead of eleventh. All right, Everton yeah. have a game in I hand. This myself last night because obviously your first reaction is looking above you, isn't it? And how many points are behind these? And and then I did look down to eleventh because obviously that's what I was saying is sort of you know it's, it's not the relegation zone, but just in a, in a fun sense, you know, third from bottom, eleventh place. I'm seeing it, and yeah. yeah, seven points clear with four to go. So yeah, it's a nice it's a nice sort of mental target I think to have, isn't mm. it? I mean, that's just among yeah. among you and I, of course. I'm sure it has no bearing on the. Uh, on the players or anything. <laughs> I watched Everton on uh, against Tottenham and I thought they were appalling. Oh, that was that was a dirge of a game, wasn't it? Yeah. Those, I mean, yeah, those two look like the 10th and 11th sides in the league, to be yeah. honest. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we noticed this last night as well in uh, in our amusement at our cross-town neighbours' efforts to mm-hmm. uh, get relegated without a points deduction. It's, it, I would say it's probably... It's pretty much 50-50 who will get more points this season. We have 51 yeah. in the Premier League. They have 52 in the Championship. That's going to be close. <laughs> they play more, eight more games, is it, as well? They, they will get to play eight more games, yeah. So, I mean, that's that would just be a real cherry on the cake there. If we, if we don't finish in Europe, then uh, getting more points from what eight fewer games in the Premier League than they do in the Championship would be would be pretty amusing, I think. Um, but let's talk about this game. Uh Tremendous stuff from United. I'm sure we're going to talk about um, many individuals, possibly every single one of them, to be honest, apart from Henderson, who basically had a day off. So yeah, good, yeah, good for yeah. him. Enjoy your next clean sheet, I suppose. Yeah. Um, let me start you with this. How would you have felt, uh, well, how hypothetically, how would you have felt if this had finished nil-nil? If, if uh, Norwood's 94th-minute corner was swung in and just headed away and uh, the full-time whistle blows, finishes nil-nil, how would you have felt? I'd have been all right. I thought we'd lose. I've got, I know that's very negative, but I did think we'd lose. I thought, obviously, the, the games are coming so thick and fast. Everyone knows how stretched the squad is. And and you could argue that Wolves is as well because they use the same 12 or 13 players, it seems, every week. But I think, like you've said, and I agree, I think Wolves are one of the top six sides in the division. It's I think if... this It sounds a bit disrespectful. I don't mean it like this. But I think if Wolves were called Tottenham Hotspur, for instance, and they were in the position Wolves are, we'd be saying, yeah, I'll take a point any day. I think... 
I don't know. I, I I got the feeling like just reading a few things through the match, people was not quite as I don't know. I mean, obviously, this is my opinion. Not realizing how good Wolves are, mm. uh, and they were quite frustrated with how little chance were being created. But I thought we played really well. I thought it made for a dull game because I think two teams cancelled each other out. Two teams with massive respect for each other. I felt, mm. um, but I'd have been all right with nil nil. It wouldn't have been superb, but it wouldn't have been. You know, I'd have been happy. Yeah, they said, yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I personally, I would have been really happy at 0 yeah. just uh, on the basis of how we played. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought there was so much to enjoy from that game. It's funny you say about it being a dull game. I, I completely agree if you're a neutral or, yeah. or probably a Wolves fan, to be honest. But I was uh, nerdily fascinated by the whole 90 minutes, to be honest. I thought it was a just like a, a defensive masterclass from both teams. Not in terms of like packing your box or anything like that, but I just thought both teams defended fantastically i i was as as good as i think wolves are um and it should be pointed out we're only the that's only the eighth time they've lost this season um which puts them yeah level with uh manu and arsenal in the second least defeated stakes in the entire league um as good as i think you know as well they've got a really good second half record (laughs) might have to talk about that Let's park that. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> as good as I think Wolves are, um, I, I was quite optimistic last night. I felt like, obviously, they have um, you know uh, numerous individuals in attack, particularly who are you know blessed with much more talent than, uh, than than we currently possess in our squad. I think, but I did. I don't know. I, I just felt like we'd probably match them up quite well. You know, in the team is similar formation. I thought we'd. You know, I, I thought their strengths are quite. Obvious, if you know what I mean, it's it's not quite the same as um, you know Kane's kind of like world class movement, where you can do you know you can defend like uh, you know the best defender of all time, and he might still find that little bit of space and punish you. Mm. It's like you kind of know what Wolves are going to do. You know they're going to try and hit you on the break. They're going to try and use the the pace and skill of Triore. Jimenez is going to be this you know just all conquering target man kind of play. You know that Neves is never going to enter the penalty area and he's going to shoot from 20 yards every time, yeah. every chance he gets. You kind of, and I don't mean this in like a disrespect to Wolves. I, I really see them as like, I think you've said it as well a couple of times, but they're like the 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 like evolved state of where we are at the moment, I think, of like, yeah, I agree. they've got that really tight-knit squad. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Manager's obviously very smart as well. Everyone works extremely hard. They defend really well. But then they're also, you know, well, I don't want to say lucky. In some respects, lucky the way some of the players have arrived at their clubs, perhaps. But, yeah, they are like, they are the next evolution of United, I think, if we manage to get ourselves in that position. So, yeah, yeah, I I felt like we would have a good chance to get a draw. But um, at the same time, we had to play ridiculously well, I thought. I mean... You know, we we talked about that Spurs game as being the best performance, but I think this is up there. I mean, you know, we didn't create anywhere near the number of chances, obviously, and it was it was a dull game in terms of chances for both teams. But yeah. I mean, I think a, a lot of that against Spurs owed owed to how bad they were at the back, whereas I thought Wolves were magnificent. You know, uh, Bolly had like a, a maybe a slightly poor last ten minutes or so, but before that, it was like. How are you doing this? You're like you're getting your foot and your head in the way of absolutely everything. And... Yeah, we never got a sniff, did we, with, with any of the strike force, really? And, so, and I don't think any, I thought all four offered something, to be completely honest, the, the, the strikers that come onto the pitch. Um, mm. But I don't think they got really caused them any problems. I thought Cody were fantastic. They, they're, they are a good side. I thought, uh, what's his name? Doherty. Oh, really... 
Yeah, I like him a lot. He's one of, for the last couple of years, I've thought like, him and Baldock swapping them out. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. He just looks like tailor made for you know. Yeah. I really like him, but I think yeah. he's got the better of Stevens on the both occasions he's played. We should. I mean, we can't say that much about. Steve. I know he's had a bit of a bad run, but you know, Stevens has not really got much change against him as in the both the two games against him. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was much more. In, I actually thought Stevens was. Uh, Probably did have the better of him yesterday. I thought that was certainly. You think? Than... I, I mean, interesting. I don't know. I don't think he found. I don't know. We. I still think he's finding his way. I think he's a lot. He's getting better, obviously. But I, I had no doubts that he were going to get back to some sort of form, and I think we're seeing that now. But yeah, I do like though. I think, as you say, he. he rem- I don't know. He, like, he seems like one of our players, doesn't he? You, you would not be surprised at all to see him popping up in our team. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, in terms of like action in the game, I mean, we had the. You know, you've just got such little change out of Cody, and you could see it so many times. He was, I, it, I felt like we were trying to target that, like, um, I guess the near side of the penalty spot with our crosses, yeah. like trying to get it in front of in front of Cody. But I thought he did really well to kind of block McBurney off numerous times. I mean, there's one, yeah. McBurney did get that one header in, didn't he? But it was such a difficult chance. Um, mm. They obviously hit the, hit the bar from a, a free kick that uh, I think Henderson probably had covered. Agree. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a hit the bar, hit the line sort of thing. Neither was it. it was the top of the bar, weren't it? Really. So. Yeah, I think he. I think he might have had it. Um, and then in the second half, you know, we. It was kind of. I guess it was just typical United in terms of like we're not just going to shoot from anywhere. You know, we even when we had that free kick in quite a good position, we still sort of slid it down the line to mm. try and fizz it across into the box and. Yeah, that other one, I think Stevens, when he put in that tremendous cross, like right across the face of goal that yeah. no one could quite reach. Bulldog that's, had that. And that's Billy Sharp's territory, that as well, isn't it? You thought he was yeah. going to slide and put it in. It was, uh, it was busting a gut to get there, but mm. not quite uh, not quite quick enough or um, or long enough, I suppose, <laughs> with the Gazoo mm. telescopic leg that we talked about the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, Baldock had that header that again difficult headed it wide. I mean, he was he felt like he should have scored, but that was a really difficult chance. And then we all that in from Zikrovic actually. It was yeah, no, I definitely uh, want to talk about him as well. Um, yeah, and then the goal kind of came from a little bit of a scramble, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Zivkovic again. I think it's Berger and Basham link up, and then Zivkovic kind of you know has a bit of a tries to dig it out as a shot that ricochets off i think it ricocheted off three wolves players and then it bounces to osborne who sort of uh, just basically swings a leg at it and it ends up deflecting mm. just wide for the corner which yeah. of course becomes the goal norwood uh sweeps it into the box and egan with a a massive header i mean can't underestimate the like just physical dominance he shows to get yeah. on the end of that and just power it into the net I mean it... it's interesting because all every time I got a corner and stuff all Andy and Cliff kept saying is they're a big side these Wolves and they are you know you're right about mm. that and I was thinking it's going to be really difficult against Wolves and Burnley to, to get anything from set pieces and in both games we've scored off a set piece so yeah it's funny that yeah I think Jimenez um, I don't have the stats in front of me but he was like really really good at defending those corners I think mm. I mean yeah, I, feel, I think we've probably spent too long talking about corners in in recent days and how like <laughs> how ineffective corners are generally, to be honest. But yeah, um, yeah, it's quite satisfying to get two, I suppose, two goals from them after yeah, not not getting many all all season. Yeah, um, and yeah, he, uh, he he powers it into the net, Egan. As you say, two goals in two games, and uh, yeah, it felt obviously uh, again. You can't help but have that pang of like, oh, I imagine. Imagine if we'd been there. I think that might have been. Yeah, 
It might be the that, moment the roof of the season. comes off, doesn't it? it? I mean, I would go. That's the most I've celebrated a goal. I think post lockdown. Yeah, that, absolutely. Like, jumping around my house. I think I like broke about four ankles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just that sort of yeah. And I, everyone like we were with like going mad and stuff. And that it, I, I know what you mean. It's that tinge of like so you want to be walking out of Bramall Lane after that with a you know with a crowd still buzzing and stuff, and you want yeah. that experience. But you know it's the next best thing in it, watching it on TV and getting that moment as well. So I think yeah. compared to you know the Newcastle away games where we got hammered and Man United, where we're thinking. What is this all about? You know, I'd much prefer to have the experience we had last night than that. So, yeah, absolutely. Is that, I mean, if we'd been there, would that have been our moment of the season so far? I'm just trying to just sort of scanning down the. Uh, I think this McBurney's against Man U, maybe. Slightly tempered by the VAR. By the check, VAR, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get yeah. you. Oh, uh, West Ham, possibly. Also VAR, presumably. <laughs> That was the funniest yeah, but, yeah, with the, the, the so sort of you know, obviously, but, I mean, just like that cheer at end, and everyone were coming out buzzing after that, weren't they? Because obviously, it's West Ham, and we've got Vargo as way for the first time all season. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was it was a tremendous moment, and uh, you know, Wilder goes sprinting down the touchline. The players, <laughs> players all go bananas, and uh, yeah, just a, a an amazing win. I mean, as you say. If, he almost feels like this could be easily normalised because it's it's Wolves. You know they were in yeah. League One and the Championship not too long ago, but they are they're here to stay in the top ten. They're a really good team, and yeah, the last you know last three games we three points off tenth place, one point off Burnley. Who, by the way, Burnley who are ninth are in a right run of form, aren't they? Yeah, they, won they are. Again, yeah, won again last night, um, and then uh, yeah, obviously sixth last night also. Yeah. I think that's I think I think after the Man U game we thought and even the Arsenal game we played better, you're thinking, Wow, these fixtures coming up <laughs> mm. This is gonna be extremely difficult. I don't think many of us have would have said would have got seven points out of the three that's just considering what had gone before it in the Man United and uh, Newcastle games, it's a massive turnaround in performance and results as well. Yeah, it's it's pleasing that the uh, the results have come with the performances for sure. Mm. I mean, yeah, that you know, that uh the the sort of post lockdown form now is taken as a whole is actually quite good. I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, eight points in from six games, which doesn't sound like very much, but if you pro rate that over the whole season, it's about fifty points. It's like forty nine point four or something like that, which is, yeah. I mean, that's going to be comfortably mid table at the end of the season. That'll probably yeah, be enough I for take, like eleven. I take this run of form all next season. Win two, lose two, drawn two, which is what we've done since lockdown in the league. I take yeah. that any day of the week. We've got two really good away draw ball. Some people may argue Villa away is not a, a good result because obviously in the bottom three, but I think an away point at the Premier League is always good. To be completely honest, I, th- I don't care who who they are. Yeah, I think especially when Villa you were... at... Go on, Yeah, I think Villa are looking at us, thinking that's a game they had to win, and, and it's looking like that as well. To be honest, and then um, obviously the draw away at Burnley were fantastic, and then two home wins against Tottenham and Wolves were both top ten. It's not bad, is it? <laughs> not at all. And of course, uh, I mean the only the only slight frustration is. If we had scored that goal at Aston Villa and won that game, don't don't do this to me. <laughs> we would currently be one point ahead of Wolves. In I saw an S two last night. I started the game and buzzing, and that was the first thing I saw. So when I put it up, imagine those two points. Like, no, don't do that now. I want to enjoy this first. Then, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you are, yeah, obviously it's completely right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens because obviously we're talking legal action, weren't they? So say we finish. I mean, it's unlikely, but say we finish fifth. Three, two points off, or a point off Man United in fourth, or whatever it is, it will be interesting because that's a lot of money to lose because someone's not turned a thing on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's what is it? It's like a couple of million per place as well, I think. Yeah, in terms that's of prize, correct. Yeah. 
I don't think we'll win it. I don't think we'd take it. I think it'd probably cost us more to to have a legal case if we if it's between ninth and tenth, for instance. Yeah. But I think if you're talking like Champions League, which again I don't think this is actually going to happen, but let's say we're in the next four. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, I, I, to be honest, I didn't think it'd matter at all because I thought we'd be well out of it, and Same. I still think it's it's a it's a huge ask to to finish. I reckon top eight is probably Europe, innit? You'd, you'd have thought. I, mm, I, I think it goes down to seventh. I know because yeah, Man, Man City. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the Man City thing. So, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I meant to say though is top eight is probably the best case scenario. Yes. Um, right, yeah. So let's Maximum. say we finish ninth, and you know that that difference between ninth and eighth that could be huge. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously huge repercussions at the bottom of the league as well. If uh, I want Villa to win tonight, actually, just for I, I'd love Villa to stay up by a point just to West see what Lager happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that would be funny. Um, right, I'll talk individually uh, about some individuals, I should say, shortly. Um, but I just want to—I got a like hat tip the way we defended in this game um, as a yeah. as a unit. I think. I mean. O'Connell comes back in. Um, McGoldrick was injured, unfortunately, so um, Sharp gets the start instead. Um, and, and you know, by the end of the game, I'd say we were we were down our first, uh, our three first choice strikers, essentially, weren't we? Because yeah. McBurney was uh, was knackered by Wilder's admission, so he went off after about fifty minutes. Sharp had obviously um, started the game instead of McGoldrick, yeah. um, and McGoldrick obviously was injured. Um, so we, you know. The team that ended that game, Zosborn in midfield, who uh, third choice for that position, mm. Zivkovic and Muse. I mean, if you tell me that we're playing Wolves with Zivkovic <laughs> and Muse up front and uh, O'Connell with his first star after only making yeah. like 15 minutes or whatever, 20 minutes of the week, I would have thought, oh no. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, another thing I, I pointed out yesterday actually is that that's Burgers, what, that third 90 minutes in a row? And before that, yeah. he, couldn't, he couldn't last 60, could he, before this? Yeah, and it's it's in the supposed uh, unfamiliar position for him as well. Yeah. That team had a really cobbled-together look to it, I think. I, you know, purely out of necessity, and obviously there's very little on the bench for us as well because mm. of the, the people who are injured. Yeah, I was screaming for Lundstrom to go on second half, I have to admit, just to give us that little bit more energy. But I don't think it was it were fully fit. I think it was there as a, a last resort, but from what Wilder was saying after. Yeah, but, you know, just incre- I just thought every single player, again, apart from Henderson, which is, is is no fault of his own. Although, to be fair, you know, Henderson's handling was very good, I thought. You know, there's, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of crosses. Yeah. And, yeah, it's very, very rainy, obviously. So, in terms of, like... Uh, you know how many times did he do something wrong? That was basically zero. So you know that's pretty much all you can ask for from a goalkeeper, isn't it? Um, but yeah, the yeah. players that have come in yesterday, particularly, but I'd say pretty much all along in lockdown, just put their hands up, did a really good job. I mean, I think Wilder sort of alluded to that, didn't he? About you know players, uh, it would be you know he didn't mention specifics, but it would have been easy for players that are carrying knocks and who are shattered to be like. I'm not, I don't, I can't play, essentially. You know, just basically hold their hands up and say, I, I, I don't want to be involved today. But but yeah. they all are. I mean, yeah, Lundstrom being back on the bench, like, good effort by him by the sounds yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing after the match, you could tell how proud he was Wilder. I think mm. because, I mean, he said it was one of the best wins since he's been here. And that might seem a bit, well, hang on, we've had some massive wins. But I think in the circumstance of playing an, an, one of the best sides in the country, uh, with a, a depleted team, obviously carrying knocks, and what is it? I, I mean, I've run out of what I can't remember. My maths aren't good enough. So is it seven games in six games? Seven games in eighteen days or whatever? Stupid like that. Seven and twenty-one, I think it is. Seven uh, and twenty-what? 
Hang on, have we played eight games now? No, we've played six games, haven't we? Sorry, so it's Seven, six. including the Cup. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's seven in 21 days, yeah. That's insane. If you think of that, will never happen again, you wouldn't have thought, unless this is obviously, you know, whatever happens next season. But you wouldn't have thought that. that that's an incredible amount of games. That's like the 1960s when they used to cram games in because they'd been postponed halfway through. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, and to... to to come out and play as well as that. And as you say, it would have been... I mean, I think the players did look a bit knackered. I mean, he took my Bernie off, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that might be an injury, but he just said he were absolutely knackered. But yeah. obviously, McBurney wanted to play. And yeah, everything that's got us to where we are this season, where I think we're in 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 display yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, I think. I mean, he should be proud, Wilder. I'm immensely proud of that win myself as a mm-hmm. fan. Just... Yeah, like I said, the effort that every player put in, you know, left everything out there, which is just really, I mean, this is, this is a bit of a backhanded compliment, but this is what I expected to see from us coming out, you know, all the positive yeah. noises coming out of lockdown. I thought we're going to see this, you know, ultra intense, you know, really everyone putting a shifting kind of performance. And mm. it took us a couple of weeks and all right, I think you can... I think there are some extenuating circumstances. I think if you wanted to be super optimist, which sometimes I like to be, you could say we beat Villa despite not playing very well. Newcastle was level until we got sent a man sent off and then gave them a goal. And then Man United, oh, look, they're probably the best team in the country right now. They're certainly <laughs> yeah, the most informed yeah. team in the country. And we were without two of our most important players for a lot of that as well. Three. Three. Who was the third? Uh, Henderson, O'Connell and Egan. Of course, yeah. Henderson, yeah, blimey. So that's like you. I mean, look at the difference yesterday with those three at the back of the. I mean, I think Robinson's done really well, but I just thought the defense were unbelievable. As as you've already said, they were. Yeah, love seeing them three back together. It was. Yeah, O'Connell. I mean, they flashed up that stat. That uh, they got the man of the match award very, yeah. very justifiably. But you know, he'd won the most duels. He'd made the most uh, most passes in the opposition half. Like. He's back. Jack's back, and you know, as, yeah. as good no, as no, 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 no. Like, so you think oh, he's going to be a bit rusty? No, no, straight in. <laughs> I don't know whether you heard it before the game, but Sooness was saying um, uh, Wolves will be looking to to target O'Connell in his first game back. I, I like, didn't, but I also heard apparently Sooness said Sheffield United's three centre centres like to sit deep. I just have no idea. Like, I just how can you say that? <laughs> it's the thirty fourth game of the season. Like, uh-huh. it's not uh-huh. like we've just been. It's unbelievable. said. Uh, when he said, I've watched a bit of Sheffield United on three occasions now, and they're going to struggle. It's like, as if that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> if that's enough to like make an opinion. Yeah. But these people are getting paid either. I'm not getting into that again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that. Um, just before we move on to some individuals, uh, I want to talk about our approach to Adama Traore, which was mm. textbook. I think yeah. that is how you play Adama Traore. I mean, obvi- I mean we should yeah. also say, by the way, the man dislocated his shoulder in like the 10th minute and played on for like another hour. That Unbelievable! Is, yeah. That is amazing. Like absolutely, hats off. I don't to like. You. I don't like players getting injured, obviously. But I'm. I'm. I am a bit ashamed to admit that I cheered when he went down. Thinking <laughs> like he's going to go off. He's going to go. It was, off. It was yeah. so weird. It was such an innocuous injury, wasn't it? An innocuous looking injury. Like there was hardly any contact. But I'm guessing Stevens just just sort of popped it accidentally. You know, like put yeah, his arm yeah, on him and popped happened, it. Yeah, he's I so think... big, and I can't believe. It. I mean, there's a lot of memes going around. I don't know if you've seen him with. Uh, Ben Osborne marking Traore, and he's like these big wrestlers, and they're like a little skinny weedy kid. Like, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so absolutely, hats off to him for playing on. Um, I think he has got a, a persistent problem with dislocating his shoulders, which yeah. is 
it's quite common for people who have dislocated shoulders, I think. But um, he's yeah, like, I probably don't help that he's about. I don't know. His, his muscles are a lot bigger than my head. So <laughs> he looks like an NFL player. This he does. Is, is such a unique build for a footballer. Like, did you watch Match of the Day last night? I don't. Think... I've not. Uh, no, I, I started to watch it this I'm morning. I'm quite annoyed actually because like they spent the entire analysis saying. I mean, it was supposed to be about how we uh, mark Traore out of the game, but it ended up just being a, a, a constant praise of Traore and what he's done this season. So it was quite <laughs> annoying, really. Well, yeah, Matt well, with, I mean, I mean, Mike Richie said he played with him at Villa, which I, I didn't know he'd been at Villa, to be honest. Yeah, he went from uh, Villa to Borough, I think. I didn't, I didn't realise that. And he said, like, when he first came into the team there or whatever, he said he was quite easy to market. You put him on your outside, he put a crap cross in, basically. You know what I mean? And, mm. and but he goes, like, he's improved massively. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a massive danger man, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's also, he's younger than you think, Trevor, because, yeah, I. I always think like oh, he's been around for ages, mm. um, and I guess he kind of has. But I'm pretty sure he's only 24 still. Uh, yeah, he's still yeah, he's only yeah 24. And yeah, it could be a real. I mean, I, I just wonder if injuries might take the toll of it. So I don't know. Obviously, with someone with that amount of pace who rely, I must say, relies on his pace. That's a bit harsh, but that's his main asset, isn't it? It's, I, it, I, it certainly helps. Yeah, yeah. I always worry about those sort of plays. It's going to be a bit of a Michael Owen syndrome where if you have a few injuries, lose your pace, are so you going to be the same player? But mm. you know. I, get me wrong if we've bought him tomorrow i'd be jumping for joy so yeah i mean i think it's not just with him it's not just with in terms of pace it's like not just the ability to run fast in a straight line is it it's that no, 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 the no. way he just like jumps away from players so yeah. easily and i told you he's just a bad version of campbell rice I've, I've... <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned about the uh, you know the cro- uh, if michael richard said that about a poor crossing i mean that's that's not the case anymore, is it? The amount of times yeah, he just stand, stands it up to the back post and Wolves. We used to laugh. I mean, I remember watching many a game with my dad uh, when he played for Middlesbrough. We used to love watching him play because he just like he's, he's taking him on, he's taking him on again, and he's blasted across miles over the bar. Like, we used to laugh <laughs> as it's off him, but uh, uh, yeah, he's definitely improved. He's got to be one of the best players this season, aren't I? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, he's given uh, he's given Guardiola fits this season I think Wolves have beaten City twice haven't they once in the league once this is another thing after the match someone said City, uh, Wolves have got I can't remember this where this from Talk Sport I, you have to excuse me because I can't remember who it were but uh, someone said oh they're not very good at beating teams in the top six I'm like I'm sure they've done the double over City yeah, and they've like they've given Man United loads of problems over the last couple of years. As yeah, well. they threw is... Man United away and they're saying, oh, they're not very good against the top six teams. And I'm like, I mean, I, I ain't got the results to hand, but I'm sure that I've seen them pull some amazing. I mean, they've only lost what is it? That's, that's the eighth defeat out of thirty-four yeah, games. It, I, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't. I don't know if people just speak and see what happens, but we have like, <laughs> so, sort of. I think yeah, that's the uh... bad record against like the top six, but I, I don't remember that at all. I'm just having a look. Another beat Tottenham away. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the talk sport corporate motto, isn't it? Just speak and see Just what speak, happens. See what happens. Yeah, they were on about yesterday about whether Wilder should be manager of the year, and Andy Goldstein said no because he didn't win the league. So, <laughs> I th- yeah, I think Wilder is really in that conversation now. You know, yeah. I, I think, I think particularly- you have to give it Klopp the first the first title thirty years and all that. You know, what I mean, I, I've got no, I won't begrudge Klopp getting it, but it's between two players. Well, three. I'd say Dyche is in there as well. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, um, but yeah, in terms of like how we handle Triori, I thought it was really uh, wild to mention this after, isn't it? Um, you know, it's, it's not about staying tight with Triori at all. You can't, you can't man mark him. He's too explosive. He's too mm. skillful. Um, and I, you know, the, the the fact that we've kind of thought that and you know put that plan into place, I thought was really. That's one of the things I really enjoyed watching was basically what we did every time Triori got the ball. Mm. And we had three men on him essentially, yeah. didn't we? Like yeah, he we got did. it out wide, and um, you got Stevens there. Um, 
Osborne obviously dropped in as well, and then the left centre back O'Connell comes across, and I thought but it we was didn't get really tight effective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, deliberately, I, it wasn't like we had three. It wasn't like three people just running at him. You know what I mean? It were quite tactically yeah. aware what we were doing. Definitely, yeah, and it, you know, it was, it was just creating this box around him. Basically, it's like, and it, it was very similar to what we did with Zahar um, right at the start of the season, mm. if you remember, in yeah. that first home game. Which, yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably to an even greater degree, I suppose, last night. But yeah, it's just like you know, you might beat one of us, but two of my mates are here. Like you know. Yeah. If you go that way, you're going to turn into O'Connell. If you go this way, you're going to run into Osborne. And, yeah. All right, <laughs> you run into Osborne, you might, you <laughs> you might leave him on the deck. Home, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, it but, worked. What I was saying though is like this: this is why it would. Take, it wasn't just a case. It sounds easy to put three men on him, but obviously you can't just do that because he puts a pass out. You've got three men out of position. The, the awareness tactically of the three players involved in that was, was fantastic all night. Yeah, and and then the rest of the team as well, because you know, yeah, absolutely, as you say, you know, if you, you sort of. Uh, if he just pops the ball off, then suddenly we're we're properly stretched. Whereas, yeah, yeah we, um, you know, Norwood, Berger, the rest of the team had the awareness to kind of shuttle across and, and shut that down. And yeah, you know, we, we've played that fantastic Wolves team and they had two shots inside the box in the entire yeah. 90 minutes. That's and they, I think they only hit us once on the break properly, didn't they? But where it caused any issues where O'Connell did a, a nice cynical foul, as I'd call it. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> Which that was a... the free kick. Oh, that's right, yeah. And that, I think that came from um, two men were up the pitch, weren't they? Basham had, like... Yeah. I don't know if Basham lost it or he'd just gone up the pitch to press and Egan yeah, lost, like, a... Yeah, Egan went super high, which he does quite a bit. I, I think it's probably a deliberate tactic and then it looks bad when he gets mm. caught out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, they're in on the break and O'Connell. Smart, smart foul, I thought. In, in a way that... Um, you're never going to get more than a yellow card for that, are you? It's like mm. semi, makes it look semi accidental, even though it was pretty obvious that he fouled. Yeah, but... he knew what he was doing. Hands up straight away. Yeah, all right, I'll take the yellow card. A good foul. I like good fouls. <laughs> I'm big, big fan of good fouls. What I'm not a fan of is uh, Ender Stevens attempting to go through the back of Triore to bring him down the halfway yeah. line and failing, and then they're almost scoring anyway, and he gets a yellow and card then for it. Even... Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like the ultimate fail. That was like Norwood against. Um... Uh, is it Gineppo for Southampton at the start of the season? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've us, learned yeah. a little bit from that as well, haven't we? I mean, it's funny because look, but let's back to that pod. And we we said on that one, didn't we? We need to stop making more cynical fouls, and I think we've definitely done that. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's take a very quick break. Uh, we'll talk about some individuals uh, when we come back. One moment. Let us take a very quick break to bring you a message from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch up? then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and they can also touch up any scuffs and imperfections. If you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. If you are further afield, they also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should also mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans, and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers, or if you have a Wednesday fan in your life do you think needs cheering up, and that is basically all of them at this point, then the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. 
Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, we're going to try and highlight a few individuals. I think you can probably talk about most of the team, to be honest. Um, who do you want to start with? I think that back three is... I, I, I love watching them in action and how they do stuff. But I said to you last night, I think I might be a bit in love with Chris Basham. It's entirely uh, uh, fair. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet and I, I haven't got it to hand, so you have to... I, I retweeted it. Um, and someone said, I bet Basham... Uh, Delivered McDonald's with as much passion as he does playing football. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, just think like like sort of sums it up. It's not just a passion with him though. He's a proper, a really, really intelligent player, isn't he? It's amazing. It's it's honest. I'm amazed every time I watch him play. The way he, the way he links up with the ball and his teammates is just phenomenal. I'm just looking now. He only 13 out of 14 passes in the final third completed. Like. That's incredibly high for anyone, that rate of completion. Mm. But for a centre-back, and, you know, with respect to Basham, but he was not a good midfielder in League One. The, no, uh, no. We, we've, no we've talk, yeah, yeah, exactly. We've talked about loads, obviously. It's not, it's not news at this point, but it still does amaze me watching him, how good he is. And did you see his heat map? I think Danny Hall shared this last night, actually. But it's like... Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Almost all of it was in their half on the wing... <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's incredible, isn't it? It, it really, like, I mean, he got forward really well. We're back into that groove again, I think, with the overlapping centre-halves now. Mm. I think it's really come back into form. I think the first, like, three games, we, we barely did it all, did we? Yeah, uh, agree. And I think we're really back into that now, and everyone's getting the roles back. and so, which, which we, you know, I don't want to praise ourselves or anything, but I, I think we did call that, and I think most fans probably called that as well, that after a couple of games, you get back into the swing of things and everything just, like, some, sort of comes together. Yeah, and it's, it's familiarity of the... You know the the two. Obviously, we were we were without O'Connell for a while, but it's also, you know, left and right of midfield is essentially new players. You know, Berger's still getting used to everything. Osborne's not played for us before this, um, before the resumption. So, and that's obviously a key part too. That overlapping centre backs and mm. yeah, it's a good a good segue point here to talk about the uh, the big Norwegian geezer as as Wilder describes him. <laughs> Do you know what he's? I know he's, you know, I don't want to get too excited about him, but he is very quickly becoming a player I absolutely love to watch do everything. Like, every time he gets the ball, it's, it's like, so you know how there's some players get you on the edge of your seat? I feel like with Berger, I just like, I just sink back into my sofa a little bit yeah, every time yeah, he yeah. gets the ball. It's just like, right, you know. Just... Chill out, innit? It's like quite good meditation, like just Berger watching him play football. It's like sort of, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like a, you know, a, a, a fine whiskey or something. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just sit back and appreciate it slowly. Um, I mean, look, just it's, it's so hard to knock off the ball, but there's so many, and he's still, you know, he's still getting, you can tell he's not the finished article. There'd be times where he like, he did it in the first half, I think. He, um, you know, just effortlessly turned away from, um, I think it was Otto, uh, Johnny, when it on the uh, mm. his left wing back for them, effortlessly turned away from him on the touchline, just span him completely, and then he he misplaced his pass and put them in essentially. So he's not the finished yeah. article, but uh, it just it just looks so classy on the ball. And that the, the reason I want to mention him now is that link up with Basham and with Baldock just looks that looks like they've played together for a long, long time. It's it's amazing how quickly yeah. that relationship has developed and I, I think that is again testament not only to him but to the coaching and to those players as well I mean 
Yeah, we. My dad was joking. We were sort of joking last night, you know that Basham Burger down the uh, down the right now, and was saying somebody needs to start selling Basham Burgers outside the uh, <laughs> outside the ground or something. So oh, you should start doing that, trademark that. <laughs> yeah, but the, that pairing, you know, the amount of times they found each other, like in and around the penalty area, that was such a such a key to our attacks. And again, I don't want to get you know overexcited because it wasn't like we pulled Wolves apart or anything, but. It was clear that we were able to get into dangerous areas against them with mm. quite a lot of ease, you know, with quite a lot of regularity, I think, without overcommitting too much. So, yeah, I was I was really impressed with him. Uh, I have been the last the last three games really, so it's looking uh, looking good there. Um, who do you want to Who do you want to mention next? I think it's another good display from Ben Osborne not as uh, sort of involved in terms of the ball and creating stuff but I love him I love watching him just running about like an idiot I've, I've felt tired at the end of the match yeah. from watching him yeah. just like where is this energy coming from I, like... I absolutely I mean I, I thought it would be I thought it would be like a good replacement for Stevens at win back when I've seen him in the cup games but in this role now I, I just think it's I don't know. All of a sudden, we said, "Oh, this, you know, have we got a big enough squad?" And there's still massive areas to improve on in that. Um, but I think that left-hand side now with Freeman, Fleck, and Osborne, I think we're set in there. Like, I mean, even if you know Freeman is third choice or whatever, I'm well happy with those three in that position. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's. A, I. I don't want this to sound. Uh, what's the word? Not disparaging, but again, slightly backhanded. Condescending is probably the best mm. word. I feel like he's been a great fit for these last three games, where we have needed we have needed energy in midfield, you know, to yeah. to to press and chase things down, and also you know move it forward as well. I wonder, I wonder if we'd been playing like uh, you know Bournemouth or someone like that, Norwich, then maybe we'd be like, I don't know, maybe maybe we would see bits of his game that aren't up to that standard. I suppose that's a very good point. That yeah, when but, we're trying uh, to break. Team down, yeah. But I'm purely speculating. I mean, he, he, he might have, you know, absolutely destroyed those teams with the ball. And it's certainly, you know, he certainly doesn't look like he can't play football. I think he's done a no. lot of really good things with the ball, for sure. It's interesting because the Forest fans, like, I looked on Twitter, this was after the Burnley game, and there was still massive arguments about him. It's completely divided their fan base. Some people love him, some people like just don't think he was good enough. And that's still going on with the Forest fans. So... Obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's only three games. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, that's it. You know, he's better than Fleck. Let's get him in every week. But <laughs> absolutely love watching him play. And you know, yeah. what, at the least you're going to get from him is, like, ridiculous work rate. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I absolutely love watching him, just what you said there. Like, I just get so much joy out of seeing him chase everything down, you know, really, really hustle back when we lost the ball, you know, pressing Triore and... Yeah, just really great effort for him. Because for him, it's... I mean, look, he's, he's obviously not played very much all season. So in that respect, you know, fresh legs, I guess. But yeah. he's played, what? He's played three games in a week there against... Full is as well. Against very challenging opposition. Yeah. You know, some of the best attackers in the Premier League. Well, and... it's only Chelsea next, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, just, you know, credit to that midfield overall, you know. I mean, that's... I went to say my next one would have been Norwood. I thought second half Norwood were excellent. Yeah, I, th- I thought he had a really good game all round, to be honest. Um, I thought second off it, off the ball, he was picking up all those loose balls and sort of just, I mean, he, he wasn't sort of, you know, doing his 90-yard pings that he does and stuff like that, but I thought he went yeah. really back to his best. Uh, I, I think forward. going up against Moutinho and Neves, who mm, do play that, yeah. do play kind of, kind of that double pivot thing, as in they both sit in that space. 
immense credit to him the way he played. Yeah, most um, he had the most ball recoveries on the pitch actually. Norwood, um, you know, he switched switch play pretty well. I thought. I feel like. I actually thought, particularly in the first half, but probably I just noticed it in the first half and then kind of just got used to it and stopped paying attention. But I thought he was passing the ball forward a lot more. Like there was a lot more. He just, I don't know if it was just like a deliberate choice, whether we played him slightly deeper or something like that. I'd need to actually, I guess, look at some touch maps for that to know for sure. But it, it just felt like he was facing forward when he received the ball a lot more and then he would move it forward himself. There was very, I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at his pass map now, like the arrow direction of his passes pretty much everything here is forward there's like two passes that didn't go forward in yeah, his whole yeah. his whole 90 minutes um I, I guess another player i mean you mentioned him already we talked about a little bit but I, I really did think stevens was um yeah certainly going forward i thought back to uh back to his best i mean there's that through ball to sharp um where he was sharp sharp put it in the net and he was offside <clears throat> by a, about half a meter but just a phenomenal pass like i think mm. it was the first time you know just slid it between defense uh, midfield and defense straight into sharp Really good. Obviously, putting yeah. a good cross as well. That um, I'm not surprised uh, at all that he's getting back into form here. Realistically, no, no. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Like, I mean, that's been my that's been my kind of take on those first three or four games. I was just like, I know you're better than this. Like, this is what annoyed me at the time, where people were happy to forget the first whatever it was, thirty games, and and mm. concentrate on the on the two or three uh, really bad performance. That's a really bad. I don't think Villa were. We were poor, but it wasn't you know, a disgrace or anything. Um, you know, but three like by our standards, poor performances. I, I, yeah, I don't understand why people are just and then all of a sudden everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, next season what we're going to do? We're going to be struggling." It's like, hang on, we've, we've, the thirty games before that showed these are good players, and I've, I'm still seeing neutrals now saying, "Oh, next season, our oh, Sheffield United, it's going to be the Uddersfield syndrome." It's like, I've said it before, it's nothing like Uddersfield. Uddersfield weren't seventh after thirty-four games. No, we've only lost nine games all season. We've played thirty-four. The only one we can compare it to is Reading, which was what fifteen years ago, maybe maybe twelve years ago. Yes, yeah, it would have been two thousand and seven, I guess. When it, That's yeah. the only. I hate that that term, second season syndrome. It, it doesn't exist. I mean, it might. I'm you know, I'm not tempting fate by saying United might go down next season, but it won't be second season syndrome. It's it's it doesn't happen. You know, the whole and Huddersfield do people sigh, finish fourth and fifth from bottom. Yeah, they, they were. Pretty bad teams who uh, yeah. didn't get got to a good start and then a terrible second half of the season ended up staying up. We've had a we've been consistent all the way through. Yeah, do you know we have? Uh, I've, let me just double check this. Um, we have a, a slight chance of getting more points than Wolves did last season. Got 50, they got fifty-seven. Yeah, we're obviously on fifty-one. It's it's, it's possible. How many, how many wins do you think it'd take to get that top? So say top eight. Mm-hmm. How many wins would you say we need out of the last four? I would say probably three. Two think, at a push. I'm thinking maybe two and a draw, but I'm, I'm not seeing the fixtures. I don't know who's playing Ars- each other. Arsenal got a tough run, I think. Uh, I think Burnley's got Man U next. They're Liverpool next. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal got Spurs, Liverpool, City. And then they finish with Villa and Watford. So. Yeah. Hmm. So they'll they'll get at least six points, you figure, with those last two games. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe two wins and a draw will do it. Um, but yeah, who knows? It's, it's crazy to even be talking about this even now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> just thinking because I, I'm not seeing the runnings for everyone really because there's quite a lot of teams involved in it as well. And I'm just thinking like, you know, let's say we lose to Chelsea, but you know, if we win those last two, is that going to be enough? But it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm not going to even if we lose every game from now on, I'll, I'll still be excited about next season from how we've played. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is why I wanted football back because I wanted to see United play again. And I, I would absolutely have loved to have been in the grounds, obviously. But, yeah, you know, th- this is the team that I've loved watching all season. And it's been, yeah. you know, a, a pleasure watching them over the last four games, including mm. that uh, Arsenal Cup tie. Um, let's just, uh, just quickly talk about the strikers. Um, a, a difficult game to rate yeah. a striker, I think, because so little was created because the defences were really good, I thought. So it's, it's very difficult to say anything about. Sharp and McBurney, I thought like, yeah. and this is I, I'm sure some people uh, maybe waiting for it to lay into those players, but <laughs> I, I'm not good because they didn't do anything particularly positive. But I, I just you know a bit like Henderson, really. It's like what more can you ask from them? You know, they didn't do anything egregiously wrong. They they worked hard. They got in the right places. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, but I do obviously Musa got a, a good long run out forty odd minutes, and it's interesting seeing Wilder like. You know, looked like he really had his arm around him, and I mean, I've no idea what he's saying. Yeah. But my interpretation is like, you know, this is an opportunity for you to go on and score. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Take um, the ball in the net. <laughs> yeah, so always good advice. Yeah, do a goal. Um, I thought he, uh, I thought he did pretty well. Musa wasn't uh, wasn't outstanding, but I think it's no. interesting just to say a few words about him. I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, worked I, hard. Yeah, I thought. I saw a few. Bit, oh, he's too lazy and stuff. I, it, I thought we were all right yesterday. It, it wasn't that sort of game where, you know, I think I think all four strikers, it, I don't think you can judge them really on that. Sharp in particular, you don't, you know, if you're not creating ch- chances, Sharp, he, he works hard and he holds the ball up really well and stuff. But, you know, he, he, he's obviously all about the service, isn't he, Billy Sharp? McBurney, I think, looked a bit sort of tired, which would obviously that came to, you know, fruition second half when he took him off. Uh, but I thought Moose and, and Zikrovic as well. I thought Zikrovic were better than I thought, actually. Yeah, well, that's, it's kind of why I want to talk about strikers, I suppose. Yeah, Zivkovic, I mean, good little cameo. Uh, mm. Again, I think you can say this about most players last night. You know, I don't I don't really know what more they could have done, if you like. You know, Zivkovic mm. comes on. He's, uh, you know, a couple of, a couple of nice touches, I thought. Uh, yeah. work, worked hard as well, got up and down. And, you know, he sticks in that great cross for, um, for Bulldog, where... Just a smart bit of play by him, you know. Like he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He takes the ball on the turn, realizes he has a bit of space, but but play. He doesn't really, he doesn't mess about with it. He just mm. uh, gets the cross in immediately. Uh, there was that one. He wins a free kick right on the uh, right on the touchline, didn't mm. he? Near the end of the game as well. Yeah, I just. I mean, obviously, he's on the release list, uh, so he probably, almost certainly, won't be playing for his. Yeah, next unless season, he but... has like the last four games, he bangs in, you know, and it, and it looks like a real thing, and we'll probably. You know, look again, but yeah, I think yeah. It, I can't see him being here next season. No, but I just, and this is why I, I have this feeling of pride, I suppose, about this performance is like all these players who we, you know, I mean, we, we've literally said that he's not good enough for us because we're we're letting him go at the end of the season, but he's still, I mean, all right, he's playing for a contract. There's there's that side of it, but he's still come in and like really, you know, put himself about and tried hard and all this. So it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I, I can't help but feel uh, a lot of pride from every player's performance last yeah. night. Basically, yeah. Any idea what's up on the goal drip, by the way? Uh, I think Wilder said it was a foot injury, but he should be good for um, Chelsea at the weekend. Oh, that's good because I think I think we'll probably need him. Uh, um, I, because even though we played well yesterday, I still think we missed that sort of link up, man, didn't we? Um, to sort of link everything together with Sharp or McBurney or, or Moussey or whoever it is. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, as, as well as we did to restrict. Wolves. We only had seven shots ourselves, don't we? And I, th- I feel like most of them came in like the last fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, not quite. Actually, we had, we had five shots in the in the second half. So, yeah, actually, we only had two shots in the first half. So, yeah, yeah, it would be good to uh, get him back for sure. Um, 
Anyone else? Or do you want to move on to uh, alternative man of the match? Let's go to the alternative man of the match. Excellent stuff. Brought to you by the Demblades fanzine and focusing on someone or something that doesn't get the mainstream attention it deserves. Uh, I've got a, a couple of things this week. Who uh, who do you want to put I'm going to go Jack O'Connell. We've talked about him enough and he, already, he won the real one, so I didn't think about it. I've gone for Mark Lawrenson um, because <laughs> I was alerted to uh, he once again tipped us to lose. Uh, which is like a common theme. And I, 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 I will alert to the table, do you know, like if all his predictions had been correct. Mm. Uh, and we'd have been fourth from bottom with 27 points. Which, <laughs> I'm impressed with yeah, that high, to be honest. That's inc- yeah, which is 24 points, eight wins difference between what we've actually got. And obviously it's all, we are the success story and a surprise package and stuff. But just bear in mind he's got Villa in 13th from 36, which is, you know, nine more <laughs> points than us. He's got Watford in 12th on 41. He's got Man City on 93. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not... 93? Yeah, mine might be completely, you know, just as skew with as this one, but I just think after a while, like, I mean, he's got Palace in the bottom three as well. I, I, I don't know what he's thinking, but yeah, just looking at that table, and I suppose that's what most pundits... I, I don't think his predictions are that much different from Charlie Nicholas's or whoever else is doing the, you know, the, the predictions of the week, so... Just again, just another thing about how well we're doing. He, he thought we were going to have 27 points by the point, and we've got 51. I'm more shocked by that Man City one, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> Liverpool have 92 in real life, so it's, we've got it's, that it's, spot on. Liverpool 92. Boom. Well, he's played for him, obviously. Man City's knows goal them, difference. So. He's got 68. Well, I mean, it's 52. Yeah, it's not too bad. So, uh, our yeah, that... difference for the for the uh, uh, just for the record is minus 26. Oof, well, we are 28 goals better than that. How many yeah. goals did he have a scoring? He doesn't tell you, he just has the goal difference. Uh, okay. yeah. I'm going to say, because like, we, we've only scored 35, we're only scoring a goal a game, so maybe he's got yeah. like scoring five goals or something. I just don't get so, why everyone tips Villa to win. I saw, I think it was Danny Mills, for all his sins, <laughs> uh, <laughs> before the Villa game, he was saying, like, I think Sheffield United have been the best side this season, Like, brilliant, love watching him, Villa have been rubbish, 2-1 Villa. What? <laughs> Just got a feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is, this is not really related, but uh, maybe this is a good point to just talk about the uh, <laughs> the second half stats for Wolves. Like, oh my God, please stop talking about this. Oh, and I, I feel a bit bad, cause, or maybe a bit hypocritical saying this, I suppose, because obviously I brought it up and we talked about it on the on I don't the think you brought it up every well. two minutes, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, think, I mean, maybe Wolves have carried on playing and they have actually scored in the second half, unbeknownst to the rest of us. But, jeez, can we just talk about something else? I mean, I get that the game wasn't that interesting from a neutral's point of view, but like, do you literally have to bring this up every couple of minutes? Just about. I mean, he was even saying it as Norwood took our corner that comes in and, uh, and we score from... Unbelievable. I mean, yes, I just, Wolves it was are good really funny because you were like, no one scored a goal in the last 30 minutes more than Wolves. No one scored a goal in the last 29 minutes more than Wolves. No one scored a goal in the last 28. All right, I get it. Yeah, they're good in the second half. <laughs> yeah, they don't concede many either, apparently. In the yeah, yeah, half, I've heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just bizarre. Uh, truly bizarre. Um, uh, Martin Atkinson. Uh, and this is, tam- this is semi related to my actual nomination, I suppose, but got to mention this free kick. Do you remember the one I'm talking about in the first half? Where uh, a, a Wolves... And I've retweeted the video of it for anyone who's not seen it, but the Wolves player is dribbling with the ball on the halfway line. Uh, the Wolves player falls over, 
slides into Norwood. Oh, who I know what you mean. I know what completely you mean. Completely yeah. totals Norwood, and yeah. the decision is a free kick to Wolves. Yeah, like, yeah, and, that's and I, ridiculous. Like, I, it's one of those where you've got your hands like out, not saying anything. You know, but what? <laughs> yeah. And Atkinson is stood right there. He's like two meters away from the whole thing. And Norwood basically all he does is stand there and jump out of the way of this suddenly like yeah. accidental two footed challenge that the Wolves players launching into. And uh, yeah, free kick to Wolves apparently. I just I'm not bringing this up in a like oh everyone's biased against us the referees. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think I would love to know Martin Atkinson's explanation for that. Like, please tell me how you arrived at that decision. Like, did he did he forget which way we were kicking and then was like embarrassed to change his <laughs> mind or something? I mean, yeah. I've just I've just got nothing else. I, d- I don't have another explanation apart from uh, as several people have tweeted me. Norwood obviously intended to foul him. So yeah, of course, so. yeah. Uh, to be honest, on the whole, I don't think it were a bad refereeing performance. Certainly, not <laughs> no major decisions like we've had in other games. Anyway, no, for sure. And and, and this does uh, yeah segue nicely into my actual nomination for this week, and that is that is football generally. Yeah. And the uh, spirit in which the last two games have been played, I Good think. Good shout, and, yeah. Yeah, this is obviously uh, a little bit more, a little bit more of a loving between uh, us, Burnley, and Wolves. Obviously, yeah. Uh, the, the Premier League um, punching above their weight, salt of the earth teams. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But you know, that's that's two games with barely a you know a flashpoint, if you like. You know, with. With very little diving, no exaggeration of contact, no trying to get players booked, no no hefty challenges, anything like that. I mean, and you know, from a team particularly like Wolves that have those individuals that are you know really skillful and able to to beat you, and you know the kind of players that should be winning lots of penalties. Basically, I just thought the whole thing played in a really good spirit in both games. You know, like both teams playing hard but fair football, yeah. and obviously managers with a lot of respect for each other. So. And that's, you know, I've mentioned that because it's quite rare. I, you know, I do think that is just generally not many teams are like that, to be honest. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, lots of other teams have a have a Jack Grealish or, you know, someone like that that's going to basically exaggerate contact and just be a bit of an arse, really, on the pitch. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, the probably the only bit of play acting that happened was uh, from Chris Basham, as it happens. With, yeah, terrible with dive, that. Yeah. A dive so bad that he realised immediately how bad it was yeah. and pretended he hadn't done it. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, there's no quite a dive anyway with our... Mind you, we never know with our... So. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, we're awful. I think straight away we're like, that was bad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what he was thinking, to be honest. I mean, whether he was... I, think, I don't know if he was expecting somebody to come and challenge him or something, but mm. nobody did, so he just ends up falling to the floor and looking like an idiot so yeah, yeah at least he uh, at least he bounced straight up with a, a sheepish expression on his face and uh, and play went on so yeah I, I think you know I, I have to probably award this to my own nominee it's a bit of a bit of a tap in I suppose yeah yeah I think football, I, yeah, generally. I it's better than Matt Lawrence isn't it football <laughs> well that's true yeah I, I can't uh, I can't in my right mind give Matt Lawrence anything <laughs> other than a uh, award that takes the mick out of him I suppose, yeah. I suppose so well done football and particularly Wolves and Burnley yep. and United for the last couple of games you are the winner of this week's Alternative Man of the Match Award brought to you by the Denblaze Fanzine. Some great news arrived this morning, just before I started recording, actually. The fanzines themselves have been printed. They are arrived at Denblaze HQ. 
They need packaging and labelling up, but all subscribers should receive their copies before the end of next week. Excellent. I'm doing the uh, the gunslinging uh, celebration movement as you're speaking. From uh, <laughs> the, the dude in the uh, top tier of the Leppings Yeah, lane the ba- bouncing day video, yeah. <laughs> what a guy. I love it. So, yeah, it should be with you by before the end of next week. So, look out for that. If you've somehow not subscribed to the fanzine, please head to denblades.co.uk and check it out and do so because very much worth your time indeed so some great news there um there we go mate this is going to be a speedy one because uh other games coming up quick uh quick um quick and fast that's not yeah. the phrase at all is it thick and fast there we go and uh yeah uh we still managed to talk for almost an hour about that game but it was it was a very uh enjoyable win i thought very enjoyable um, win yeah Give give me uh, twenty seconds on uh, on Chelsea coming up on Saturday evening. Rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously it's going to be mega hard, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. The, the, I think Chelsea. We played Tottenham and, and Wolves, and obviously beat them and played really well. This is probably not much in it, but I think this is is a little bit of a step up in it from those two teams slightly. I'd say. I think it is quality wise, yeah. but I don't think. They're as well coached as Wolves or us. No, I think, uh, don't get me wrong. I think, I think, I think people will be more forgiving as well with it being. You know, if we, if we, if we do lose, mm. I hope anyway. People will be more. Like, I mean, I think you know the Burnley games and the Wolves games and all this sort of stuff. There's still that uh, attitude, and it's. I don't know. Everyone's the same in a way of. Yeah, but it's only Wolves. You know, it's it's not got the name that Chelsea's got. So I'm hoping that like sort of takes the pressure off even more but yeah they're obviously a good side they've come into a lot of form uh, recently aren't they They beat Man City a couple of weeks back beat Palace Mm. Um, but I think you can get them I think I think don't think the defence is fantastic I think the way the way they defend is not fantastic. Yeah, that's, I think. I yeah, mean, yeah, individually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, particularly you know, sorry against. I I didn't see all of Palace, but. you know, there's, there's times in that. I just don't. I don't think they're, they're smartly coached. I don't think Lampard's a very good manager. He might become a good manager, but I don't think he's there yet. I mean, did the, you not see the, uh, the the best manager list, but on ESPN, <laughs> where, where, where he was seventh? Yeah, in, in the I did. The, the best manager bottom. list. Yeah, the best manager list where three of the top five didn't even make it to Christmas. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, um, I don't know. I how they had Lampard so high when he's, he's. I mean, last season he did all right. Got Derby in the playoffs. Wow, uh, yeah, and then this they season, got Dobby in the playoffs and Mason Mount. Like they had Mason Mount and Harry Wilson on like for free for the season. Yeah. I, I'm not buying it. He might become a good manager, but he's not there yet. No, um, I think he's the is... minimum this season. What you expect from Chelsea, to be honest. But then again, you look at Arsenal and Tottenham, and could have gone a, a lot, you know, a lot worse for him. Yeah, I mean, I think Arsenal had an actively bad manager, and uh, Spurs are just on. Spurs are, is like a longer term slide. I think. Yeah, it was kind of masked by. Champions League run, but yeah, I mean, look, this is not to say that you know Chelsea will probably beat us. They have uh, you know some tremendously talented players. Uh, Pulisic and, uh, and Giroud are in ridiculous form. I think Kante is out uh, this game actually, which is yeah. uh, a little bonus for us. Although but... their fans are not happy with Kante at all. Uh, mm. I, I've, I've since uh, I've seen it just potting around on Twitter. Uh, a lot of them saying, oh, "I'm glad he's out. You know, he's been rubbish this season. We need to get rid of him and improve," which I'm quite surprised about. Yeah, well, if he's uh, if you're looking for a, a new home in Golo, then uh, Sheffield is <laughs> yeah. very delightful. Um, yeah, I mean, just what I was just to you know not just throw out a generalisation about Lampard. I, I just think some of their game management when they're winning games is like 
is a bit weird. I mean, there's, there's I've seen some clips of like them against Palace where they, I think they were two 0 up with like twenty minutes left or something like that. Yeah. And you know they, they've got the ball and they're just knocking it around as you know at the back, which they absolutely should do in that situation. And then suddenly, for some reason, both Mount and uh, I think uh, is it on uh, is it Kovacic? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think it's Kovacic. No, no, he's playing further up the pitch. Basically, they're too deep in midfield. All right suddenly decide to just like go ahead of their midfield palace's midfield and then you know reese james like decides to bomb on as well they like two nil up like just trying to score another goal which is kind of commendable in a way yeah yeah but... well i'm looking at the midfield three that they played against palace and you've got mount barkley and gilmore who as mount and barkley is the ones yeah yeah awesome. I, I, I don't get me wrong i'll have been my team any day of the week uh, but it's not a midfield that you think whoa yeah i my roundabout way of saying this is i I'm pretty optimistic for this. I think we can win this game. Um, I think I think we're well set up to play against them. Yeah. Um, in terms of yeah, I think our defense, our defense will have a good a chance as anyone is uh, of shutting down their attack, and then I think they'll leave holes for us. Um, yeah. And yeah, if we get if we get Magoljic back, if we play with a similar kind of intensity as we did in uh, in this one, then uh, yeah, could, could I think Magoljic could be us. key if, it, if the midfield does look fairly the weakest. I won't say it's weak, but the weakest part of their side. Uh, certainly yeah. on paper, you know, maybe getting that extra that extra midfielder in there or whatever the McGoldrick plays and dropping back could be key. Uh, obviously, yeah. the, the the worry is probably on the break again, isn't it, with Pulisic and William? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I certainly don't want I don't want anyone to think like we're definitely going to win on Saturday, mm. but um, yeah, it, it, to me, I, I can see I can see the path to a win for us. Put it like that. Mm. It's not like. Yeah, it's not like when we play Man City or Liverpool where it's or, or Man United at the moment. It's like yeah. something's going to have to go ridiculously well for us to get a yeah. win out of this game. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think Chelsea are like that much better than Wolves to begin with, and I just think the way that we play will give us a chance. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very, I'm, I'm really excited about that. More, more, you know, even more so with last night's result, but. Yeah, overall, it's just uh, it's been a pretty good week to be a blade, hasn't it? And yeah, everything uh, was that uh, seven points from three games, all against teams in the top ten, of course, sixth, ninth, and tenth. Very, very. It's good just stuff incredible indeed. how what three weeks ago, oh no, two weeks ago, we were all this is the three weeks ago we were really positive. Two weeks mm-hmm. ago, we're awful. Now we're, we're amazing again. <laughs> But, you know, I feel like we, 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 we were tempering it, weren't we? we, we felt... I hope so. I hope so. And I don't want, like I said, I don't want to sound like smug or anything, but I think most sensible fans knew we'd not just turn rubbish overnight. And I think yeah, most, most sensible fans probably know now that we're not all of a sudden destined for the Champions League. Yeah. I think, I think there was a distinction that needed to be made, and I think a lot of people made, between we are playing rubbish and we have become rubbish. Yeah, and it's easy to do in every football, you know, on the Wolves board yesterday getting the view from obviously and they're saying, oh, we've been sussed out or Nuno's got to go, he's taken it. Everyone's the same, you know what I mean? It's it's that sort of, because it means that much, it's passionate and, you know, you want to blame someone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, indeed. But, um, yeah, very, really good stuff from United the last... uh, well, the last four games going back to that Arsenal game, I think. So, mm. yeah, another uh, another short gap between the next one. Chelsea just just one day extra rest. Obviously, their squad is significantly deeper yeah, than ours. So uh, they're on about today. They're making a ruling, aren't they, on the five subs for next season? Yeah, the the Athletic reported yesterday that it's likely to be uh, kept permanently. But I, I assume everyone will have to vote for it. But. Um, then you would assume that the majority will vote yeah. for it. Well, they did obviously um, in you know for this period, didn't they? So yeah, I 
I, I don't want to talk about this in too much detail, but um, just because of time issues, uh, and it might not happen, I suppose. But I, I think it's slightly embarrassing that they would make uh, embarrassing for the Premier League that they would make that a permanent ruling when you have numerous teams that can't field a full bench. Yeah, but they don't care about and, that, Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I suppose not, but um, you know, they probably should for the integrity. Yeah, of the I agree. I completely agree with you. But you know, and it's it's, it's not going to be easy for teams to fill their squads next season either i don't think with um you know the pandemic conditions affecting the market so yeah interesting to see that one but um yeah i i would i would much rather they stayed at three subs to be honest i just think it's i just think it does exacerbate that gap between the haves and the has not yeah the i agree I, I don't like i don't like the the idea of it at all to be honest Yes, but then when has the Premier League acted in the interests of the masses, I suppose? I suppose, like, from their point of view, what they're saying is we don't know what's around the corner. If there's another break, if we have to stop, if there's another lockdown or whatever, or even regional lockdowns, or I don't know. But, you know, you, you might have games where there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of games in quick succession again. And, yeah, I understand it, but I don't know. I think just play it as it comes rather than just saying, yeah, we're having five subs. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is it could actually make football slightly worse because, you know, like a big part of it is defenders get tired at the end. Yeah, and yeah, 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 when, yeah. Well, someone actually said, actually, like... someone put on the one of the comments, I think it was in the Athletic article, actually, where someone put, this this doesn't favour teams like Burnley and Sheffield United. And another player, person put, uh, I can't remember who he supported, but he said it could favour them if they want to, you know, get the get new defenders on with, you know, with more energy to... To yeah. see out a game, I mean, I don't think we'd do that in particular, but I understand the, the theory behind it. Yeah, that's that is that definitely makes sense, um, but that also makes football more boring because yeah. defenders will be on top, and yeah, unless you're unless you're United fan, you probably didn't enjoy watching United Wolves yesterday, to be honest. So mm. they might you, know, you might see more games like that, I suppose, if you're able to basically rotate in a fresh defender against you know player like Troyer, I guess. But anyway, there you go, mate. Um, where can people check out the view from Wolves? Uh, com or at Panchero on Twitter. Uh, get loads of things about this Wednesday pre-season predictions. That you get. Just constantly bombarded. Come on, Roy, where is it? Uh, just bear with me. Cause I, I'm hoping there's going to be, you know, obviously points deduction. And I'm gonna, if not, yeah, he's coming soon. Stop, stop hassling, mate. <laughs> Black Ringo finger. Star, stop sending me fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the wolves view from was uh, was an enjoyable read actually. Yeah, um, wasn't yeah, as uh, of... funny as Tottenham's, but <laughs> no, I think Tottenham was uh, was was the peak of the season so far. That was yeah, that was really I think, good, I think yeah. so. Yeah, you don't want to give me our pods away, but <laughs> yeah, when uh, when will the Chelsea one drop for anyone who's? I'll either do it tonight or tomorrow morning, just depending. I've been doing them a couple of days earlier because oh, it comes around so fast. You know what you, I mean? You're it's working like, hard, man. It's like you though. It's like with the pods, isn't it? You know, we we do a pod and then sort of twenty four hours later it's out of dates we played another game so <laughs> I saw a tweet actually from someone uh, I think it was a Sunderland fan because I swear Sheffield United have played every single day since lockdown <laughs> let's feel like it a little bit yeah. but uh, yeah the players look like they're going from strength to strength so uh, hats off to them amazing win last night yeah. like, uh, you know I haven't it's still pretty early when we're recording this so I haven't actually had a chance to properly like watch all the highlights or anything back yet. So mm-hmm. as soon as I've uh, edited and published this, that's uh, that's what I'm going to go and do, I think, and then yeah. maybe do some actual work as well. Yeah, but, forget yeah. that. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Don't I've got worry. some family right. from Wolverhampton, actually. Um, don't worry to give us a cheeky message. And uh... <laughs> Wait to see if we finish above the yeah. mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to keep yeah. powder dry, yeah. Absolutely. Nice one, mate. Thanks, as always, for your time. Thank and you. uh, Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers.
Thanks to Andrew. Thanks very much to you for listening and downloading. And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod.